Well, it's another big weekend in Queensland football with another Premiership series as well as plenty of top four clashes. Welcome to another of the Brisbane Football Football Reviews, NPL Sunday at Scotland. With you, as usual, Adam, I say it's been another massive weekend in Queensland football. Oh, absolutely! It's uh, it's becoming sort of a weekly thing that you know we we are seeing you know dramas and you know twists and tales and whatnot. And I think tonight was another example of that, as we'll uh, discuss shortly. Absolutely. Before we get to that, I'd mentioned Lions FC. They did clinch the NPL Women's Premiership for 2021. So congratulations to to Rob Askew and the side out there at Lions. We'll talk about that later on in the show. But we mentioned it off the top because it's a fantastic achievement. But it is a fantastic achievement as well. Isn't it? I mean, look, they have been the dominant side, Adam, but it's an unbelievable performance. Yeah, look, I I said uh, I think even just as we've seen last week, is I reckon they're the best women's team in the country right now. And um, and like I said they they've just run away with it, and there was an absolute demolition on um, on Friday night. And uh, yeah, look, they deserve they deserve their um, their points. And look, it could be the first of three trophies. Very well, maybe we'll talk about that later on in the show. But first, we'll go through the NPL men's competition from round 25. We'll go through all the results from the weekend. It started on Saturday night with Lions FC making the trip up to Magpies Crusaders and coming with a 4-2 win goals from Zach Maltby, Joey Duckworth, Max Mikula and Finn Bikos for the visitors in that one. The rest of the games were all played on Sunday. Gold Coast Knights 5, backing up from their FFA Cup travels in midweek. They beat Ethan Summers by 5 goals to 2. 3 goals from Jason McQuarrie, Marek Madley and Nick Panetta on the score sheet there. For the Knights, Olympic 3-0 winners over Logan Lightning away from home. That was only part of the story, though, because Logan were down to nine men by then with Adam Edgar and Connor Smith sent off. Matt Mundley also sent off four Olympics. That was 10 v 9 in the end, but it was a 3-0 win for Olympic there. Sunshine Coast Wanderers 3-0 away from home against Brisbane Strikers. Jacob Fullock, Dan Cutler and Ethan Galbraith on the score sheet for the away side there. An early goal down at the Cleveland Showgrounds gave Gold Coast United a one-all draw away to Redlands United. Peninsula Power left it very, very late to seal a vital three points at Capella by 1-0 in that game. Josh Woolley in the 92nd minute in the game, which we were at, Adam. 4-2 win for the Brisbane Raw Academy. Two goals from Keegan Yelichich, Cyrus Demi and Luke Broderick on the score sheet for the Raw. Lyndon Farr and Zach Kierpal on the score sheet for Morton Bay. Dom Hall would sent off for the Raw. So they were down to 10 in the end, but that's only part of the story. This was a fabulous game of football, wasn't it? Yeah, look, uh, the first the first game of the season back on the sixth of June. Now that that was um, drama. You think you couldn't top that, but this game had absolutely everything. And um, look, this is a very as as we'll, we're discussing tonight um, at the ground. This is a very very underrated rivalry. I think it's two teams that always go for it. You know, go for it at each other, and um, it's produced another sort of cracker. I think um, the result in the end it favoured uh, the young Raw, but boy, did they have to fight for it. And look, this is certainly one of those fixtures where it always seems to throw up something dramatic. You mentioned the game in the first round fixtures between the two sides, which Morton Bay won late on. I think back to the game at Logan last year, where I think Morton Bay also won it quite late on against the 10 men Brisbane Raw. So it's one of those fixtures where it certainly does feel that way. And Morton Bay got off to a great start in this game, didn't they? Lyndon Farr with an early goal, and perhaps not, not a moment um, Nathan Foss will look back on with too much fondness. No, um, look, I think I think it was um, a case of um, just sort of you know just great sort of foresight from Lynn Farr to take a shot from a long way out, seeing Foster um, come off his line. But look, you would expect that someone that a keeper of Nathan Foster's ability should have probably done better than you know being caught off guard and you know and basically spilling it into the back back of his own net after five minutes. 
Absolutely. The Raw did equalise not too far after that Keegan Yelich with the equaliser. And they started to play some really good football, didn't they, the Raw? And in the second half, before the red card, they started to get on top. And the goal from Cyrus Demi there was really impressive. And it was looking like they were heading in a path where they were going to run away with it to a certain point, didn't it, with the, with the way the Raw were building. Yeah, that was a um, very, very interesting sort of minute or so um, there for Cyrus Demi, who just the minute before he scored was shown a, well, I think was, you know, fairly controversial um, yellow card for simulation. Um, it, was, it was one of those difficult ones um, to to sort of see. And then he to pop back up a minute later to, uh, to score the goal 2-1, 2-1 up. And then uh, Morton Bay United struck back through Zach Kierpole to make it 2-all, and then that was just the beginning of the uh, drama. Well, that was actually straight after the red card, because they got the rule went ahead through Cyrus Demi, and then Dom Hall was sent off a couple of minutes after that, and then, you're right, Zach Kierpole did score a really good goal, actually, to make it 2-all, and he actually could have made it 3-2, I think, from memory. It was a great save from Nathan Foster's yeah. line with a header, so Morton Bay were really pushing it 2-all, obviously it was a game which they probably felt they needed to get something out of with their top four aspirations, but it was the rule late on through... Keegan Yelichich, no, sorry, Luke Broderick first and then Keegan Yelichich. And I believe somebody at the ground was saying, oh, I don't see a goal for the Raw here. I just don't see where the goals are going to come from. And they scored two. I wonder where that came from, Adam. <laughs> You'd bring that up. You actually, you actually did warn me you are going to bring I that had up. To throw you but yeah, that look, um, look I'll put my hand up. I'll put my hand up and said that at, at about the 80th minute, um, when, when Chris Grossman um, withdrew both uh, Josh Moreland and and Cyrus Demi from from the so I thought oh they're they're packing up that you know they're they're, they're happy with the two all draw down ten men but um, look I think this is the, one of the most impressive things about this this young rural squad is that you take away two of their better strikers yet Luke Broderick steps up and up until tonight the total the total aggregate um, distance that he has scored from goals is about seven feet with two tap ins but. To, to go forward and then score the goal he did was br- a brilliant bit of work. And then and then, then Keegan Yelich's free kick um, a couple of minutes later, that just, just shows you know, how much confidence that this young rural side is showing at the moment. But the fact is that they would push forward with 10 men and still in the last 10 minutes and still run over the top of Morton Bay. So that that's a sign of a very, very good side at the moment. Look, Morton Bay, I, I think, again, I think they... On balance, I think they probably would feel a little bit aggrieved that they didn't um, they didn't claim all three points. But then again, like I said, it's moments when you get to the, the, these these levels and these sort of games. They are moments, you know, in play which decide games. And uh, the young rule did take their moments. Absolutely, and it wasn't through a lack of effort that um, Morton Bay didn't get the results. They threw plenty at the rule. They were pushing bodies forward by then. I think they ended up. Yep. getting caught in transition for that third goal from Broderick. So they were opened up again, but they were going for it. And you have to you have to admire them for going for it. They, it was a game where they were at home as a nominal away side, given the Raw play all their games as at the home of the opposition. This was their technically their home game, but Morton Bay were pushing for it. It just didn't quite fall for them on like it did for the Raw. And Keegan Nielsen just missed a fair bit of time this year from injury, but gee, it's great to see him back at his best. Yeah, yeah, and um, look again. He's he seems to be following that same sort of, same sort of path. That um, but yeah, like I said, it's a case of a player a player gets um gets called up to to the senior side to train. In this case, uh, Eli Adams was missing tonight due to suspension. 
he need to step up and did he step up especially in that last ten minutes? It was his ball that laid on that he laid off for Luke Broderick to um to score that goal ahead goal three two and then the free kick. So he he took on upon himself this evening to change the shape of the game. And look, you know what? It's good to see him back because we know we've known for a while how good Keegan Yelchich is and tonight was probably you know the reminder that you know how good he really is. Absolutely. One of the most experienced players you have on the field in that moment, you need them to stand up and two goals and an assist is certainly doing that. Well, after the game, we caught up with Chris Crossman and Royce Brown. So let's hear what Chris had to say, not just about Keegan Yelchus, but also the team as a whole. So let's see what he had to say after the win, as well as Royce Brown, the after the result out there at Walter Park on Sunday night. We're joined by the coach of the Royal Academy, Chris Crossman. Chris, 4-2 winners here at Walter Park. A really good performance from your side there. Yeah, it was. I think uh, the way the game game panned out, I think, uh, you know, you can't be anything but delighted with the result. I think, uh, yeah, it's frustrating we lose Dom now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the, the character of the boys, I, I, I can't question. I think uh, I just said to them before, I think being here five years now and um, probably past sides and, uh, you know, past players would have, with thrown in the towel, would have got too hard but for these boys nothing's too hard for them they, they, they want to win they want to be ambitious and uh, you know the little bit of adversity tonight I think uh, will give them even more confidence going into next week I was going to ask you about that because not only was it two all at the hour mark when you got the red card but you also went up by three to a ten minutes play and it was a similar sort of thing that happened when you played these guys the first go around it must be really pleasing that the players have, have taken that on and learned from it and then seen it out this time yeah it is it is and I think Morton Bay created uh, you know opportunities to hurt us I think uh, you know we rode our luck a little bit and I think uh, you know defensively it was there was probably 10 or 15 minutes there we were on the back foot but we've grown as a group now and we can we can deal with those moments and uh, you know as you've seen on the break uh, Lukey Bodrick fantastic Josh DeMarco when he came in was brilliant he was you know the the perfect example of a team player he's an attacking player and defensively did an amazing job for us tonight so um, I can't speak highly enough for the boys in the group and, and we're excited for next week now. Absolutely. And you've got um, Keegan Yeldridge and Harry Talbot back somewhere approaching their best. It seems like on tonight's Everton team. It must be pleasing to have those two guys back in the in the fold for you. Yeah, it is. Harry is massively influential for us. I think uh, the exciting thing, I think, uh, you know, years gone by, we, we've lost a lot of players coming into, you know, this end of the season and probably the season's been done. Whereas, you know, now we're, we're in a, uh, an interesting but exciting situation where the season's well and truly live for us. We've got Eli, who was suspended tonight. Sam Klein, who was away tonight. Um, Yossip's coming back in for minutes. Um, Luke Broderick shows you what he can do. Lachlan Johnson played 23s today. So I'm really, really excited where the squad is at the moment coming into a period where, at the end of the day, all we're asking for is for the boys to be competitive during the week. And they come to the weekend and uh, and, and now they're getting results, which is uh, fantastic to see. It's been a big week for the club, obviously. A lot of young players getting their chance in the FFA Cup on Wednesday, Tuesday night as well. Can you sense real excitement amongst the playing group that they can, that they can really see that path? I've spoken about the past a few times about how it's been there, but... Now it's really then they can see it, they get opportunities in the match day squad. Can you really sense that excitement amongst the players? Yeah, I can. I think the biggest thing that, that I've stressed to the group is is to to be identified or to be looked at. You need to be successful. I don't think there's any there's any uh, other way around it. I mean, it's fantastic to have Warren in and as a head coach and uh, he's here and he provides opportunities to younger players. But the big thing that we're both passionate about is we're not going to give an opportunity to players who don't deserve it. So for them to deserve it, I'll put the challenge to them at the start of the year that they need to be the best of five players in their, in their position in the league and you know looking at it I think we've got a lot of players that are pushing 
Can they do more? Yes, but I'm excited now with players coming back in and finals and a lot of carrots to dangle in front of them. But, you know, they, they will perform. They've got my confidence now and I'm, I'm excited for the next uh, four weeks and what lies beyond that. You mentioned about looking ahead, potential of power next weekend. That's going to be a massive, massive clash. Looking forward to that one? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think, uh, you know, last time we pushed them all the way and we were unfortunate uh, not to come out of there with a point. I think this time, you know, we'll be going there with the attitude of, okay, well, we've earned the opportunity to come here and play in a 1v2 clash and, and we're definitely going to give it everything we've got. I mean, it's disappointing and, and I'm really, really disappointed uh, um, of the situation we've popped up with Dom tonight. Not at Dom, but I, I'm disappointed with. With, with that situation because I think uh, it takes away from the attraction of, of next week. I mean, it's, it was a passionate game tonight. The boys put everything on the line as did Morton Bay and I, I don't think it was a malicious game. Um, but at the end of the day, we've got a deep squad now and we'll have num- another person come in and have an opportunity. Um, and I'm very, very confident going into next week that we'll put in a performance that will, will, will be replicated of a, of a 1v2 clash. Well, for performance is good tonight. It'll be a great matchup. Congratulations. Good luck next week. Thanks, lads. Appreciate it. Hey, I'm joined with the coach of Morton Bay United, Royce Brownley. Royce, uh, tough result tonight, obviously, against a side that's chasing, obviously, top spot in the league. Yeah, definitely. Look, Raw are clinical. You know, we, we know that. We know that about them. And we did, you know, a really good job. And except for four, four moments in the game where they punished us, you know. Um, that Look, the fourth one was, you know, I think a goalkeeper just switched off. You know, Birdie, unfortunately, still only young and learning, you know, let, let that shit run in, which I think affected the game, you know. I think, you know, 3-2, we were right in it and I thought we were going to get that next one. Um, and it just, just there was a mood killer. Did, uh, obviously, uh, them going down to 10 men um, and obviously playing a different shape and style, did that sort of affect the play or was it just a case of just moments in the game that, that sort of ended it? Yeah, it was just moments. Look, I, I honestly believe we outplayed the Raw tonight. We... We played that we had the better football, we had most possession, um, and we made them pay. But the difference is they're clinical. You know, you give them an opportunity, they score goals, and fair, fair, you know, talent coming through, and you know, hopefully they go into the A League and do well. Obviously, um, just sort of on, in your squad, obviously Joe Scott's getting a lot of minutes lately. Hey, obviously he's improving, you know, week by week since coming up from FQPL last season. Yeah, definitely. Look, he's a player of the future. You know, he's 20 years old. Um, and his absolute talent, you know. And when he first came in, he was he struggled with the pace, he struggled with the physicality. You know, everyone thinks oh, QPLs, MPLs are easy. It's not. It's a, it's another level up, you know. And, and he's taken a little bit of time, and he's now, you know, I think one of the informed players of the league. Anyway, uh, bad luck on the result. Uh, good luck against uh, Logan next week. No, fantastic. Thank you, guys. Yep. I guess that was the thoughts of both coaches there. As always, thanks to Chris and Roy for taking the time to talk to us, Adam. And we'll go back to talk about some of the other games from the rest of the weekend in the NPL men's competition. We will talk about that game on Saturday between Lions and Magpies. And Magpies made them sweat in that first half, didn't they? It's obviously, at this time of year, it's a very difficult place to go up there to Mackay with the increased heat and humidity. And they got the job done in the end, Lions. It was far from convincing. Yeah, look, we're seeing a pattern these games up at up at um Mackay. Uh was Sunny Coast Wanderers uh was was uh, last week or two weeks ago, I can't remember how long ago it was. Um they they took a while to get going as far as, you know, they they were actually they were actually down to Magpies Crusaders in the first half. Um it was two all half time here against Lions, but it's just the second half. So I think it's a case of Magpies Crusaders are coming out and they they're good value for the first forty five minutes, but then 
the you know, I guess the bad teams. Look, we're talking about you know sides like Sunshine Coast Wanderers and Lions who are in the top half of the table and pushing for finals football. They are digging deep and finding a way to win. You know, in the second halves up in Mackay. So I think that's just seems to be a pattern. There's obviously a few a few more top teams that have to go up to Mackay in the next few weeks, namely the Young Raw. Um, that's a game that they don't want to they don't want to start very slowly and leave themselves a massive. Yeah, hold to get out of because that that could be a really risky game as far as dropping points go. It's certainly been a banana skin in the past for certain teams. No doubt about that. Now, one oh, thing yeah. I just thought, speaking of bananas, banana skins, I thought this might have been one for Gold Coast Knights actually because I think Abraham Yango scored in the first couple of minutes for Eastern Suburbs down there at the Croatian Sports Center today, and I was just thinking maybe big week travel up to Cairns and back. Will there be a hangover effect for Gold Coast Knights? But that turned out to be a completely false theory on my behalf. They ended up winning quite comfortably. Yeah, and I think again, I think that might have been probably the worst thing to happen for East is to score after two minutes because it might have woke them up. Um, after after obviously uh, getting through and look, they they had a fight up in um, up in Cairns on Wednesday night. Edge Hill were very very competitive. I think they should be um, very very proud of their performance against Gold Coast Knights. So on paper. Uh, obviously a very, very good team, even if their form sort of wavers from time to time. So that was a tough contest Wednesday night. And you're right, probably they might have been a little bit vulnerable. The problem with scoring after two minutes, it might have woke them up because then they've um, they've put on five. Absolutely. And we've seen in the past the, the core of that side, Virgil played in the NPL uh, in various guises in the past. Maybe there's maybe they can bring them back. I don't know. We've certainly got the talent to do so. I'll have to wait and see. Now, I know you want to talk about this, what happened down at Canobia Park between Olympic and Logan. It was a 3-0 win for Olympic. You had one eye on this when we were out at Walter Park on your your phone. So what actually happened down there that resulted in these three red cards? Yeah, it was, um, I said, the the, uh, the Apple Watch was buzzing around about the... uh, around about the 25th minute mark um, of that game because it was a red, red card for Olympic, which uh, Matt Mundy was was sent off. And then Adam Edgar was then shown a red card. And then uh, a, few, a few minutes later, uh, Connor Smith was shown a red card for Logan. So it was um, a bit of a sort of a brouhaha as far as, you know, almost an all-in. I'm not going to call all-in brawl, but you know, it was one of those really ugly-looking, um, you know, when both teams in, in mass come together. And look, I don't think it gave, they gave the referee much choice. So, it was a very aggressive shove by um, by Matt Mundy. Um, there was obviously an altercation, um, obviously after a corner. I think in a very a hard um, contact with, uh, uh, with with the keeper. Uh, I, I think it was um, I think it was a Lockie Hunter. Might it was a long throw that. in towards the near post. Yeah, some sort of a collision. And yeah, it's, it's and then and from off. there, obviously, uh, obviously there's also a bit of afters. Um, Adam Edgar, who just come back from suspension, um, he found himself you know marched again, and um, and then about 10 minutes later, Connor Smith win very a very, very rash challenge on Daniel Leck. And look, when you after both teams pretty much been warned for yeah, for you know, and you had two players sent off, one for each team. Um, to go in recklessly to slide in, you know, that what probably would normally be a yellow, I think that was a red more so than anything just to keep control of the game because all hell probably would have broken loose if the referee, after sending two players off, then you know, looked the other way and sort of only gave a caution, you know, for that. So I think Connor Smith might be a bit unlucky because of circumstances, but then again, wasn't really needed. All happening down there at Knobia Park, it seems tonight. And the final game, which we'll talk about in a bit of detail, 
this is this could be huge for Peninsula Power in the context of their season. They've also had a massive week playing the Raw on Tuesday night, 90 minutes up there at Dolphin Stadium. And to bounce back in this game, which was it was a massive bounce back result required, and they ended up getting it in the 92nd minute. But the result, the result is what matters for them, and it may very well be the thing which just turns things around for them because they haven't been at their best since the um, league resumed. But this could be huge for them. Oh, immense. this might be the most important goal for them scored and the most important three points since the resumption of the season because they they did they needed this because um, on the live ladder Brisbane Raw were top of the league twice in in you know in the last half an hour of these games being in with simultaneous kickoffs. Um, yeah, it almost it almost felt like um, what it's designed to basically having you know having at least four games kick off at the same time with, you know, the top two being involved. We were watching it and we we're watching the result over there. And we sort of were declaring that, you know, Brisbane Raw, we could go, go into this at the end of this round, top of the league. And then Josh Woolley come up and scored, uh, scored the game winner in the second minute stoppage time. And this, like I said, it is very, very um, important for them to at least get a win um, ahead of the Raw's visit to AJ Kelly next Saturday night. It was actually good that they had did it that way, actually, because it felt kind of like the final day of the Premier League in a way, didn't it? Where you've got all the games simultaneous kickoff, and you're watching around the results all around the place. It was quite good. I think there's a couple of other weekends coming up where it's a bit similar, so it could be a very interesting couple of weeks of viewing. But we'll look at the table now. And you mentioned Peninsula Power; they are still top of the table on 49 points. They're one point clear of the Brisbane Royal Academy with two games in hand to play against Gold Coast United as both their catch-up games. So there's potential there to build the lead out. But those two sides play next weekend in a massive clash on Sunday afternoon up there at AJ Kelly Park. So that could be very interesting. Gold Coast Knights are third on 46 points. Lions round out the top four on 44 points ahead of Sunshine Coast Wanderers on goal difference. They're also on 44 points. And Olympic are in 40 on 42 points in sixth place. Morton Bay remain in seventh on 39 Perhaps they've missed their chance. They'll have to wait and see. Then you've got East 28, Gold Coast United 24, Logan 22, Capalabar 20, Redlands 11, Magpies 8, Brisbane Strikers 8. But we'll talk about the bottom half in a minute, Adam, but that top seven, it looks like it might be becoming a top six now. Uh, yeah, look, I, I get the feeling that I think Morton Bay, I think they may be one... One uh, win, sort of, you know, away. I think, as far as I think, they need they need a win tonight against uh, the Raw, uh, mainly for because they need a, to, a you know a top scalp yeah. to obviously to, to sort of at least then you know equalise the ladder and um, and look they'll, they'll get they'll get one more shot at it against Sunshine Coast Wanderers, but I think. If they were to beat Sunshine Coast Wanderers, I think they'd be dooming uh, Wanderers, you know, and their hopes of finals more than saving their own. I've got a feeling this is probably one loss too many for them as far as top four aspirations go. But let's not take away from their season. They've been they've been great this season. Um, obviously, it's still a rebuilding process for them. There's still a lot of young players coming through. So, um Again, seventh in this in this competitive league, it's not the end of the world. But as far as looking at you know, purely results wise, yeah, I, I think they may be it may be just one win too many away from uh, making the top four. It means that they have one shot. They've actually got two because they play the Lions away on the final. So they have two more shots against teams above them to get that big scalp. We'll have to wait and see if they can do that. In the bottom half of the table, it's not official yet, Adam, but it's basically as good as confirmed that. Redlands, Magpies and Brisbane Strikers will be the three sides going down to FQPL1 
next season. It could have happened as soon as today if results had have gone in a certain way. They didn't go that way, so it's another week. Uh, they've been spared for another week, but it's very, it's unlikely. But well, by the time we're doing this show next weekend, I think it's pretty clear at least two of those three sides will be be confirmed as heading towards FQPL next year. Yeah, I, I think so. I think we're. I think on the equation, we're just waiting for Kapalabar to pick up one more win, and I think that will be um, the end end of sort of the uh, story, I guess, for uh, Redlands uh, uh, strikers and Magpies Crusaders. Yeah, well, I think they play Redlands and strikers play each other in two weeks' time, but unfortunately, that may be too late for one of them to save themselves. So have to wait and see. They got both of them have tricky trips away next week. Actually, too low. The strikers are off to Lions and Redlands are off to Olympics. So it's very unlikely they're getting anything out of those two matches. So it could be next weekend that we're talking about teams being confirmed as being relegated to FQPL1, but we will have to wait and see. We'll move on, Adam, and we'll continue on the NPL theme. We will move to the NPL Women's. And we mentioned off the top of the show, Lions SC, they are the premiers. It's a fantastic achievement. And they crowned it in absolute style, didn't they? To start round 7, 11 nil against Morton Bay United on Friday night. And this was never in doubt, but three goals for Shea Connors, two for Tegan Riding, two for Megan Price, both in the penalty spot. Rebecca Kruger, Mariel Hecker, and an own goal. They they were all on the score sheet, and it was an unbelievable performance. Yeah, look... um... This, this game ceased to be a contest after about 14 minutes when any coin was sent off for a yeah. professional foul from what, was, from what we sort of gathered. on the goal line. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and by that, like I said, it was, like I said, there was always a threat that uh, Lions were going to put a score on Morton Bay, but when they were reduced down to 10, 10 players, uh, they, they miss, they're missing several of their stars, Um their star players from that. Yeah, it was it was always going to be a very, very long night. And uh but look, that's uh again Morton Bay from where they were twelve months ago to now, even though this result sort of harked back memories of last season, uh I think it's more about the story is more about lines and this is this is just an incredible, incredibly uh, well balanced uh squad that's probably and I keep on saying they're the, I think they're the best women's team in the country right now. And that's and that's including W League. So, yeah. um, well, they're going to provide a lot of players to the W League. Let's be honest. They've got all the Raw have already signed three of them already from memory, and I'm pretty sure yeah. there's a couple of other players in that squad who are more than good enough to step up to play in the W League. Whether it's for the Brisbane Raw or for another club around the competition, there's plenty of them that are more than good enough. So, I think you're right. It's a really, really good team. I think it is more good lines as opposed to bad Morton Bay on the night. But they're just you're right. They are completely dominant, and it's very hard to see anyone stopping them. Yeah, no. Uh, look, maybe Kapalabar might might pose pose the biggest threat to them. Uh, I think unless the borders open very soon, Gold Coast United. I think they 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 get, will get a couple of players back if if they, they, for that may be too late as far as you know being prepared. I, like you look at a key player like a um, Deanna Thompson. We have no idea whether she's even training. I would be doubtful because um, they've been pretty much been locked down in New South Wales. So. Uh, whether she would, I doubt that she'd take any further meaningful part in this season. Uh, and yeah, and look after that. It's uh, the, the rest of the sides are fighting for fourth and probably go elimination the first round of the finals against that rampant Lions side. So it really comes down to that. But yeah, it would be a case of Lions losing it at the moment rather than, um, than any other team beating him. Probably Kapalva, I don't want to hear that, probably will disagree. But look, the uh, proof is in the pudding. 
I'll let you go tell our friends at Capella about that. But I think yeah, they've got one trophy in the bag up there at Richards that could be potentially another two. They've got the grand final potentially, or the final series to play for, and they've got the Kappa Cup final on Friday night against Western Pride. So that's their next engagement. Elsewhere in MPL Women's Round 7, the aforementioned Capalaba, 4-0 winners away to Southstone. Two goals from Whitney Knight in that game, helping them to a crucial three points there. And the two games played today, Gold Coast United 2, Sunshine Coast Wanderers 1, and Eastern Suburbs 3, QAS. Nillen, two of those dots are quite interesting, Adam, because it creates a bit of a gap now between South United in 5th and Eastern Suburbs in 4th, and I think most people would have thought South would be the fourth team into the finals, but the gap is now looking like it may very well be a tough one to close. It's a four-point gap now between Easts and Souths. So maybe it could be East squeaking into the top four, which would be a fantastic achievement for that side. Yeah, look, it's a game that obviously any most games that QIS are featured in sort of fly under the radar, but this is probably an important three points for East. They're in a game that potentially they could have you know, slipped because QIS, you know, while they're languishing in the bottom of MPL women's, they, they are capable of, you know, of really troubling most sides. And um, look, if East sort of didn't show up and, were, and you know, select my vote, that's a points that they could have easily dropped. So for them to get three points and taking advantage of Souths, um, you know, going going under so fairly comfortably to Calabar, yeah, they may have just wrote themselves a ticket to the final series. Again, as we say, it's probably going to be um, a semi-final defeat to Lions. But look, you never know. Um, East, East and Suburbs is the last team to actually beat uh, Lions. So you take that for, for its worth. They've got some handy players in the front of who can cause chaos, so you never know what can happen. But imagine QAS can trouble everybody. I think it's a good point you make, because they have conceded 48 goals from 19 games this year to QAS. But you think about the fact that Lions have given them two pretty handy touch-ups. So you take those two mm. results out of the equation, and they've been highly competitive in each and every one of their games. So I think they certainly are a team which can play spoiler. And you know, I think it's a very good three points for Eastern Suburbs. We'll go through the table now quickly. Lions are... As you mentioned, they are the premiers for 2021. They are on 58 points. Capalabar, 47. Gold Coast, 46. East, 40. South United, 36. Morton Bay, 32. Sunshine Coast Wanderers, 27. And the QAS on 23. So it seems like it's a race in five for those four spots there, Adam. But with the bottom, with the three, the other three not quite in the mix. But it's going to be very interesting to see who can step up and challenge the third for that spot to challenge lines. Because as we said before, that I think from second to fifth, it's pretty close. I think that result for Capalabar is a bit of an outlier in terms of, I don't think, I don't think there's a four-goal difference between Capalabar and Souths on their best days, but the, the, those four sides are pretty close is what I'm getting at. Yeah, look, any, any any of those four can beat uh, the others. Uh, like I said, Lions at the moment, they're, just, they're the dominant team, but you're right. Um it, it, those four sides are fairly sort of you know close together, and you know if one team has an off day, they can be made to pay. I, but I think that the the real the only sort of real interest left as far as um, position wise go is who gets home field semi final between uh, Capalabar and Gold Coast United. I think uh, that's I think that's what it's going to come down to. I think that will be uh, uh, that will be a very very interesting tussle because I think. Uh, Gold Coast obviously backed themselves to win at Coplex, but then Capalabar, you know, would obviously definitely back themselves to win at Max Haynes. So that could be the big the big race home. 
Yeah, who's going to make the trip up or down the M1? That'll be very interesting. We'll move on now to FQPL1, where there wasn't a lot to be decided this weekend, in all truth. It started on Friday night but in the in the Ipswich Derby between Western Friday and the Ipswich Knights. And for the second year running, Adam, the Knights went to Briggs Road and came away with the three points over for their near rivals. Nick Edwards scored the first goal, his ninth of the season. For me, Sono there with the other goal. So 2-0 there for the Ipswich Knights. Mitchelton rounded out their season with a 4-2 win away to Wynnum Wolves. Two goals for Shuto Kubiyama and seeing him finish on 14 for the season. Brisbane City kept up their 100% record for 2021 with a 1-0 win against Rochdale Road. They left it late though with Fraser Hills with seven minutes to go. Got the, the only goal in that game. And then the games played today, Southside Eagles 1, Southwest Queensland Thunder 1, Sunshine Coast Fire 2, South United 1. And that that officially means that South United are the third team relegated to FQPL2 next year, Adam. Yeah, look, uh, from from the top, uh, the aggregates the aggregate between uh, Brisbane City and Rochdale is Fraser Hills 2, Rochdale 0. Um, yeah, scored score both home and away. So they've that, been um, very, very tight tussles both games. We've, we've covered both... Both uh, ties, both at CTM and last and last night at Underwood Park. And look, there's not much difference between Rochdale and um, Brisbane City. It's just Brisbane City keep on popping up and you know and finding the moment to score. But other than that, it's been two very tight tussles. So I think you know part three, as far as you know head to head goes, be it you know be it on Grand Final Day on October nine. Look, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily write right off Rochdale's hopes. Although when you on the balance of it, when a side is eighteen for eighteen as well, you wouldn't want to you know, rule against them as well. So that's a very it's a very, very fascinating satire. When Rochdale and Brisbane City um play each other head to head, they're very, very tight contests. You know, there hasn't been much between either of those games. I have to wait. See, you mentioned potentially matchup number three on October not I have to wait and see, there's a couple of other teams who mm. would have something to say about that. We'll go through the table now. Brisbane City, they are on 54 points. They are 14 points clear of Rochdale Rovers. Who are, and then you've got Thunder on 38. So, so Brisbane City, 54. Rochdale, 40. Thunder, 38. Western Pride, 32. That's your top four right there. Now, Thunder play Brisbane City midweek in a catch-up game. So they have the opportunity to jump ahead of Rochdale Rovers if they can become the first team to take points off of Brisbane City this year. You'll have to wait and see if they can do that, but they have the opportunity to do that, and that'll be interesting. That'll be important, Adam, because of the fact that if they can get ahead of Rochelle Rovers, it means that the Rovers will be making a trip up the range as opposed to Thunder coming down to Brisbane. So that's... You mentioned earlier about Capalabar and Gold Coast. I think this one's even more important because it's such a home ground advantage that Thunder have that they can get a home semi-final. You'd have to say they would fancy their chances. Yeah, that that is like I think it's actually in two parts. I think the first the first thing's first is that the, the draw um for against uh, Southwest Queensland Thunder, you know, only dropping points at uh, Memorial Park against Southside Eagles, um that could be very costly. Um because they, they do play they do play Brisbane City midweek. Again, there's no no guarantees um at all that you know they can get anything from that. And then in the final round, they so just bringing up They've the Winnem Wolves away, yeah, Winnem Wolves away, which you'd think would be, you know, a three points for them, but and but Rochdale Rovers also have Holland Park, so yeah. uh, that their their title their um home field hopes may rest on actually go getting the job done against Brisbane City, who 
may or may not be motivated, may not be up for it. They, it is, I think that game midweek is going to really, really shape uh, who finishes uh, second, third, and who has home field um, in the semi-finals. Obviously, Western Pride, uh, they will play Brisbane City twice in two weeks because they Western Pride have Brisbane City uh, this this uh, next weekend, and then they will then they'll meet in the semi-final. Uh, both games are at uh, Centre Park. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's, it's good that draw today for Thunder could prove very, very costly because now they have to go to to um, CTM Stadium and get a result midweek. They did go there midweek early, earlier in the year in the FFA Cup and finished with a draw after 19 minutes and ended up losing yeah, they... in extra time. I think it was round six from memory in the FFA Cup, that fixture. So they have played there once already this year and done pretty well. So maybe they will fancy their chances, but they're going to have to get something out of it now because otherwise they will be, they'll be resigned to finishing in third. The rest of the table... You've got Mitchelton fifth on 28 points, and you've got Ipswich Knights 27, Fire 23, Southside Eagles 21, and the three relegated sides are South United on 15, Holland Park 12, and Wynnum Wolves 10. So there's a fair gap between fourth and fifth, and then once you drop down from seventh to to the rest, there's a bit of a gap there as well. But I think the over the course of the year, I think it's fair to say that the three sides at the bottom of the table have been the, the teams that you would expect to go down. Um, yeah, look, um, I think, I think the actual surprise might be Wolves, um, after, after the way they sort of, um, went through last season, they started slow, but really, uh, they really sort of, you know, you know, shot up, up the ladder, you know, got, got to the semi-final, um, where they, they, they nearly, um, caused problems for, you know, for Logan, so, um, so yeah, they they they're probably the biggest surprise, and the other surprise is Southside Eagles. The fact that they will actually play FQPL one next season. So, Claude Capelli has done a you know, wonderful job. Like there may be only five wins, but still, they they struggled to win a game last year. So, um, I think for them, you know, another the, another shot in FQPL one next season for them. It, it's it's they've won enough games. That's what that's what they need to do, and they've done a great job with that. We'll move on quickly now to FQPL two. Where, the, where there was a full round play. Mag, Magic United wrapped up the series, the season sweep over their near rivals, Coomera, 2 0. Two all draw between North Star and Turinga. Two all draw between Grange Thistle and Samford. They came back came back from two goals down, actually, in that game. Samford against them, so they did quite well. And then Virginia United, three. Caboolture, one, Adam. Now, Caboolture wrapped up the Premiership a, couple, a week and a half ago now, but since then they've dropped two straight games. Obviously, they've Obviously, very happy to be promoted, but looking ahead to the finals, is that a little bit of a concern that they've dropped two games since then? Uh, yeah, look, uh, without without knowing what type of squads they're playing or anything like that, it's um, look, momentum's a funny thing, and um, yeah, look, you'd hope that they actually probably they did they probably need another win just to just to sort of you know, to, to get back on track. I, I, I get that, you know, the the mission accomplished for them. Which would have been promotion. Um, the pre- the premiership is you know it's a nice little bit of silverware, whatnot, and uh, obviously grand final as well. That it's all, it's all about trophies. But yeah, they probably would like you know probably a win just to you know correct them. But look, without knowing what squads they're playing, look, they, for all I know they might be playing under 18 squad. We haven't really been paying too much attention uh, to them, admittedly. So um, I'd be interested to see what results. Uh, come up with next week because yeah, it's probably not a good thing that they would go into the final series on the back of three losses. It's not ideal. We'll go through the table quickly. Caboolture, they are on 47 points. Turinga, 
38, Grains Thistle 37, North Star 31, Magic 30, Virginia 20, Sanford 21, and Coomera on the solitary point so far. But however, there is there is one catch-up Gandry played before the final and I think it's Grains Thistle travelling to Virginia United. There's a one-point gap between Turinga and Grains Thistle, Adam. So potentially Grains Thistle with a with a win at Virginia could put themselves in position ahead of the final round to host the semi-final. They can move into second place. And in that final round, Grains Thistle actually play Turinga. So that's that's going to be one to keep an eye on next weekend. And the, the other thing worth keeping an eye on is that spot, that battle for fourth spot between North Star and Magic. Now, North Star in the final round make the trip up to Caboolture in what I assume is going to be premiership mm-hmm. presentation. So that's a very tough ask for North Star in that one, whereas Magic travel to Samford, who have been tough to beat at home. So two difficult trips there. So I'll put you on the spot, Adam. Who finishes second, Grange or Turinga? I think Grange with, with momentum. I think they, they finished second. And I think, to be honest, I think um, Magic United, I think, might do enough to sneak in the final. They've been probably by form, they've probably been the best team in FQPL2 last sort of you know, month or so. So, um, and they, well, I think at their best, they might, at uh, Caboolture's best, they might struggle to beat them in the finals. But I think for them making the finals, I think that would be a fairly good achievement for that. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what I think. I think North Star, yeah, if they, they, they need to rely on Caboolture not caring so much um, on, you know, next Saturday and, you know, sort of being in party mode as far as, you know, getting, getting the uh, the trophy. But, um, but yeah, no, I think that's going to – I think at Caboolture, even though they've um, they've sort of uh, cleared the – you know, they've, they've wrapped up uh, promotion and have won premiership, they could have a, you know, a, a big say on their choice of opponent in the semifinals. I think you I agree with you. I think that I think Grange will get the result against Virginia and they will do enough in the other game against Tringa to finish in second spot. I think I agree with you. I just cannot see North Star going to Caboolture and getting a result given that they've dropped the last two. I'm sure Terry Kirkham will be will be absolutely making the point that this that you must win this game. Yes, you can celebrate the win afterwards with the premiership and all the rest of it, but but win this game first going into finals with a bit of momentum. So I think it's a very, very tough spot to walk into for for North Star. I think Magic could be able to get it, do enough in their game to be able to beat to beat them out for that top top four spot. We'll move on quickly to. I was just saying, F- just one yeah, just last point on that. I think the timing of the presentation might also be be a factor in this because if they present the trophy after the game. Yeah. There's no way in buggery you're going to want to go into that with a, with a, with your third straight loss to pick up pick up trophies. That might be motivation enough to to say that you know what we present the trophy after the after the match, but then go out and beat North Star first. It would be a bit of a hollow feeling wouldn't it, to to play so well all year long and win the premiership and then to, to be to be lifted the trophy after all. It would I, you wouldn't want that. So I imagine that would be all the motivation. It's certainly all, all the motivation I would need if I was playing to be able to, to go and win that game. But we'll move on to FQ for Women's quickly. Um, Western Pride 4, Gap nil, Mitchelton 7-1, winners over Peninsula Power. Olympic did what they needed to do, 2-1 over Virginia and Brisbane City 2 over Southwest Twins and Thunder. And this competition, Adam, it's the, the three teams that, that are going to fight for that one spot keep winning. And at some point, they're going to play. But until then, they're building a very nice gap ahead of the rest, aren't they? Yep, it's going to be a case of which two clubs blink first. And I think that's that's what it comes down to. Um, Olympic uh, 
at the moment probably fates to go through and claim that promotion. But look, Western Pride and uh, Western Pride and Brisbane Sea are not going to go away. And I think that, I think it's you no, know, it's good to, to see that, that that there's something to fight for in FQPL women because I think sometimes it's a, it seems to be a bit of a forgotten league as far as far as all being sort of you know being an offshoot of the MPL women's. But um, yeah, Olympic Olympic certainly I think are favourites, but. Uh, Western Pride and uh, Western Pride and Brisbane Sea are not going to die wondering. Well, neither Olympic or Brisbane Sea play next weekend in that competition. So Western Pride have the opportunity to close that gap right up because at the moment it's Olympic 38, Brisbane City 35, Western Pride 34, and then the rest of the Mitchelton 23, Virginia 18, Logan 21, Gap 12, Thunder 5, Peninsula Power 1. So it is a, a very clearly a battle between three and it could become a it could become three teams within three points if Western Pride get a result next weekend. We'll have to wait and see. Oh, you mean Western Pride are playing the Cup final Friday night? They are. It's a great point. So that those teams aren't played next weekend. It's the weekend after. It's so weekend after, yeah. The next match day that is played is yep. the round two games. With, and Brisbane City and Virginia have already played their game on the Friday night before the lockdown. And Olympic yep. have to play that weekend. So the next time the league is played, Western Pride have the chance to close the gap to one point at the top, but we'll have to wait and see. They have the cup final coming up next on Friday, actually, so it'll be interesting to see what happens in that one. Before we wrap the show up, Adam, we'll go through our performance week. I'm going to stick with FQPL women, actually, and Abby Lloyd is my performance week. A third straight hat-trick in that competition. That's a fantastic run of form. 11 goals in four games, I think it is now, so absolutely flying in that competition, Abby Lloyd, and it looks like she's going to pick up a golden boot, so that's my performance week. And like I said, a message, a message to Football Queensland on behalf of Abby Lloyd is post the foot, the uh, golden boot race for the FQPL women. So I think she's going to win that. Oh, they should post it. They haven't. They should. They, because... I think they forgot. They forgot last week. And uh, I know on Instagram, Abby did uh, take them a task on that. So don't forget FQ Media. Let's get that. Get that graphic. Who's your performer of the week? Now, now that you, now that you've torched FQ, and I look forward to the next time you see people from FQ. But who's your uh, performer oh, of the week? going to be after me on Tuesday. Um, look, uh, look, my performer of the week. Um, I'm going to go down the coast this afternoon, and Jason McQuire say his hat trick, the leading goal scorer all time in uh, MPL men's, and there are three more. He is finding his form, and I'm not sure if he can catch. Uh, Catch uh, Andy Pangeli and Cyrus Demi as far as the Golden Boot race, but yeah, like I said, he is the leading goal scorer all time in uh, MPL, and he just keeps on scoring. Well, he's up into fifth place on 16 goals now. He's still some six goals behind Andy Pangeli. So going to work cut out with with only a couple of games. I have to wait and see, but he is an unbelievable goal scorer, no doubt about that. Looking ahead, Adam, is it, is it the Cup final next weekend the most? The game you're most looking forward to, or is it the Sunday game, top two in the NPL men's, or is there something else that's caught your eye? Uh, look, uh, I think that the top of the table clash in the NPL men, um, potential power, Brisbane Raw next next Sunday. That's going to be a huge game as far as um, as far as that how that league goes. But look, the uh, cup final as well. I think that's of equal importance. It's a big occasion. Look, I think Lions will go in almost. Un- Backable favourites, but then again, they're cup finals. You just never ever know. And uh, yeah, look, Friday night, um, big big uh, presentation broadcast. The inaugural cup winner. Uh, look, let's see what happens. A chance to be the first name on that cup as well. So you can't undersell the to how good that would be to be the. Everyone wants to win it at any point, but to be the first team to win, it, I think would be would be a fantastic thing. We'll have that. We'll cover that on Friday night as well as the game 
on Sunday on our social media. But for now, Alan, thanks for joining me once again. Yep, thanks, Scott. That was the edition of the NPL Sunday show for the Bristol Football. We'll be back once again next week.